When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. All right, we are back here on Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, Courtney Gronin, and now. Joining the mix is Rami Makalov. Hello, Rami. Hi. Welcome. How is everybody? Let me ask you something real quick. Right. We've got uh, Adam Thielen from OTAs today. I had a chance to talk with him uh, with a couple other reporters. But we've been talking about this uh, wide receiver three situation for the Vikings. Yes. And I wonder if I tell you this stat. Here's what I want you to tell me. Do you believe that now we are overstating it and it doesn't matter that much? Okay. Okay. So, uh, Mile High Report, an SB Nation website, did a big thing on the stats of Gary Kubiak's offense in 2016. And one of the things they did was looked at the percentage of throws toward the tight end, toward the number one and two wide receivers, toward number three, toward running backs, so forth. Sure. The last five Gary Kubiak offenses, here's the number of catches from the third leading wide receiver. 31, 10, 22, 24, 22. Does that tell you, or do you think because of that, that our obsession over who's going to be the number 3 wide receiver is overstated? Probably a little bit. It seems like in Kubiak's offense, the third wide receiver is the tight end. Do you have the numbers on tight end receptions in Gary Kubiak offenses? Why, Rami? Yes, I do. I'm so glad you asked. How about that? Uh, I'll give you the percentage is what they have here. The targets to the tight end position. Okay. Percentage of targets is 23%. Now, for context, last year, Kyle Rudolph alone was about 16%. So that's a nice uptick. Right. They're will be more required, more likely than not. That's the average over the entire time Gary Kubiak has been an offensive coordinator. It's been as high, when they had Shannon Sharp, as over 30% going to the tight end. Yeah, I mean, third wide receivers have more importance in certain offenses than others, and it doesn't seem like they're placing a lot of importance on it. And when you look at that history of Gary Kubiak's offenses, it makes sense why they're they're not placing much of an emphasis on it. I, I was reading some of these names. Tell me if you remember them. Um Andre Cooper, uh, Robert Brooks with three catches once. I do you remember know Robert, Robert Brooks. Brooks? Yes. Scotty Montgomery. Mm. You you remember Ashley Lalee, don't Who you? Could forget Ashley Lalee. You played and I played Madden too. though. I played with my brother. I mean, I wasn't great at it. 
I mean, I don't remember take, Ashley Lalee? I had to take the third seat behind whoever else had controller number two. It was usually one of our neighbors who came over, but I played. Okay, so here's the difference. If you you played, but like your brother and, and friends. That mansplain. I mean, this is kind of the common theme of my of my day today. <laughs> yeah, I have never done that to you, and this no, is you not going to happen but, now. Uh, yeah. uh, it is not going to happen now either. But so let me my girlfriend accuses me of mansplaining, and I have no idea I'm mansplaining at all. Oh, uh, all right, well, if... If you just played the game with friends, then you wouldn't have done full off-season franchise modes because you'd have to be an extreme nerd and right. potentially yeah. um, not have any life, which might I'd qualify have for us. multiple franchise yes. modes running at the same time. So where yeah. where you would end up with Ashley Lalee is that <laughs> he would always end up in free agency and he was had great hands or something. Was he, I think he was really, really fast. Yes, really fast. That's why you would have... Played with like the game, but not the extreme franchise mode. You didn't go deep dive like we did. No, that is deep, um, nerdy, mad, and explanation, and not a man's. That's fine. That's fair. That's not man's. I have other examples of that. These other names, though, Charlie Adams, Kevin Walter. I remember a little. Andre Davis. I remember a little, like a kick returner. I think David Anderson. The point just being that. Including me, I put a lot of emphasis on what are they going to do at wide receiver three. And if they're running this type of offense, I don't think it's ever better to have fewer receivers, especially if Diggs or Thielen gets hurt for any part of time. If everyone's healthy, though, this points to me exactly what your conclusion is, that wide receiver three is the tight end, and that makes it much harder to just say goodbye Kyle Rudolph. I was just going to say that. That that's probably why they're trying so hard to make it work with Kyle Rudolph because Gary Kubiak needs him in his offense. You're not going to for as as much as they put on the tight end in that offense, you're not going to put that on a rookie in Herb Smith Jr., the youngest rookie in this year's draft, I think, wasn't he? He's 20. He was 20, yeah. Well, he was one of them. Now let me ask you this question, Rami. We were talking about this last hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're Kyle Rudolph, you probably come to mini camp next week. It's mandatory mini camp. If it gets to training camp and there's no resolution, and you're Kyle Rudolph, you know how many cards you hold at this table. Are you holding out? Um, if I'm Robbie Makloff, I do. If I'm Kyle Rudolph and I talk to Big Game about what leaders do exactly. and that they show up, no, exactly. I can't. Hmm. I can't. I backed myself into a corner. See, now, I would have to look back at the quote, but did he say OTAs? Leaders show up at OTAs? Well, leaders show up to OTAs. Leaders OTAs show up to mandatory minicamp. Leaders show up to voluntary things, but when it's mandatory and I have a chance to uh, make a power play. Do you think no. that he is calling the shots with this or if it's going to be his agent? If he is the one saying, hey, I'm just going to show up and play, or if he's saying, look, I can't go out there. Now, man, I mean, minicamp is in shorts and... Yeah, every once in a while somebody gets hurt, but there's not a high likelihood of that. Training camp, people get hurt, and you're out there in pads, and you're out there hitting and making contact. If I'm Rudolph, I'm saying, man, my future is on the line here. We were just looking at other tight end contracts. You're talking about maybe $20 million guaranteed for him. If I'm him, I can't go out there at training camp and play under a contract that doesn't guarantee me any money. No. You but- have the injury guarantees. Well, right. I mean, I mean let's, for let's, the future, yes. I mean. It doesn't fu- guarantee me no, any for, future down the road. Exactly, because he has nothing guaranteed left on the final year of his deal right, right now. That, that's what I mean. Just to clarify. And you're willing yeah. to take the uh, to take the hit that it that it might look like after saying what you said a few weeks ago and then holding out a mandatory minicamp. But I do think that most rational fans, which I know that there's sometimes not, mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't come to uh, the forefront that often, would have to realize 
the guy has no guaranteed money outside of the injury guarantees, which everybody knows, um, doesn't have any guaranteed money left. Like it is your career and your livelihood that's on the line and you're one injury away from that happening in training camp. It's, it only makes sense to try to protect yourself. I mean, unless what could he potentially do what Barr did and go take an insurance policy out if you really, but like, why even save face at that point? You said you don't anticipate this thing going past training mm-hmm. camp or going into training camp. If I'm him, I'm going to be kind of angry if it's going into training camp, and I'm not going to want to be there. And He's if like, I'm the Vikings, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have my arm twisted into trading you. No, absolutely yeah. not. There's no way. But if he says, "Look, I'm just not playing on this deal," then we are at an impasse. I mean, because the Vikings at this point have no leverage to even trade him. If I'm other teams, I'm going fifth. Well, right. You yeah. know what you I'm, can, I'm lowballing you. You yeah. know what you can do if he doesn't want to do that. You cut him. You cut him. You get that seven point six two five million back in cap space. You cut him. That's the only way yeah. it happens. Yeah. Like I, I feel like we've talked about this for the last hour and ten minutes. We have not talked about the fact that they can just literally tomorrow, today, five minutes ago, cut him. But you talk about bad looks. Oh, of I course mean, it's a bad if you're look. you're the Vikings, but, you're cutting that good of a player. Yes. And I do, as, as what, what Rami was mentioning, you know, when you uh, pose the questions. That's also what, letting him win. Then he becomes a free agent. He get paid by somebody else. You get your cap space back because you're already in a really bad situation. You can roll it in 2020. Yeah. Everyone wins one way or another. But I do agree. It is kind of, I mean, this is. Kevin Stefanski and Gary Kubiak's offense. It's a mix of both of them, their philosophies. We'd be remiss to say that it is that Gary Kubiak and the usage of the tight end as the number three receiver mm-hmm. does not, um, you know, will not, tra- is going to translate over. I mean, that's, that's huge. I wonder how much, because I, I'm, a, I'm in the agreement that they need to keep him here in order to utilize to. the 12 yeah. personnel the way they want to, but how much of that is going to be to do to let Irv Smith become that guy? And not just, I mean, I know that with rookie tight ends, it's very hit or miss. And there were, you know, there's what, like eight that had 40 targets or more last year, which, mm-hmm. you know, just really isn't a lot of a sample size of 14 that were drafted. Um, how, how much of that could be Irv Smith? That's, I, I wouldn't be comfortable I, putting that much on a rookie. I'm not thought. either. I'm not either, which right. is why I think Kyle Rudolph needs to be here. But I do wonder how those roles and if shape out. If this was a situation where you were you were building towards something and and there was room for development from some guys who you were counting on in big roles, okay, I go with Irv Smith. You're in year two of a three year push your chips to the middle of the table contract on Kirk Cousins. Every th- every move you make. Every offseason of that time has to be geared towards win now. I think if I'm Rudolph, then regardless of what I said before, mandatory minicamp, I don't show. And I say, make your call. Trade me or sign me. Those are the only two things that are happening here. And I'm going to use a little bit of this leverage because I want this done. If I got to go to another team, if I'm Kyle Rudolph and I have to go to another team, then I want to do it now. I don't want to do it at the beginning of training camp where I have to learn a whole new offense. I want to be able to get there and get their new playbook and go forward. So I, I will be interested. I think there is a chance that next week he decides to say, all right, guys, this is a hard deadline. Let's get this done now or I'm just going to be holding out. I think this is the time to do it. And and you know what? Since Gerald McCoy got cut, it is always possible that that could play out. Um, I had a chance to talk with Adam Thielen, a couple other media members as well, and he talked a lot about Kubiak's offense and the wide receiver three battle. So we will bring you that now.
All right, what you got? I know you're ready. What's, uh, yeah, what's been your impression of the, of the young receivers so far that you guys have brought in? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it seems like uh, all of them are ready to work. Um, they love the game of football. Um, it's actually been a really fun couple weeks getting to know them and uh, seeing them work on the field. I, I think it's probably the the um, most passionate, I'd say, group I've been around as far as rookie receivers. They, they want to learn. They want to get They want to get better. They're frustrated when they don't do things well, and um, you like to see that. Are those the ways you see that play itself out, just when they, the way they react to when they make a mistake on the field, or is it play itself in other ways too? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the way that they're able to, like you said, you know, react when it's not easy learning an NFL playbook, and uh, they're going to have mistakes. So, um, you know, they're 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 going to be coached hard as rookies, and um, it's always good to see guys that don't take it offensively and and don't get down on themselves, but actually want to go out and, and uh, prove that they can play at this level. And, and those, every one of those guys have done that. What uh, has been your impressions of the Kubiak Stefanski offense so far? Yeah, it's been great. Um, obviously, we're out here in shorts and t-shirts, but um, but at the same time, uh, it it feels like a really good fit for the playmakers we have, um, for the quarterback we have, and, and the offensive line. And, um, you know, I feel like we've made some some really good progress. Uh, obviously, we have a long ways to go, but we also have a lot of time before the first game. So um, it, it's really uh, it keeps it fresh for us as veterans to come out here and, and try to master this system and and try to be great at it and uh, you know it definitely humbles you when you have a new offense and uh, you have to learn a new playbook because you mess up just like the rookies do so um, it, like I said it, it keeps it fun it keeps it fresh and I'm excited to keep 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 learning more. Coach mm-hmm. Malouf said he valued having you as an example of someone who got their roots on special teams and can kind of teach the young guys what that can do for them going forward like how, how much pride is it to know that the way you started is now being uh, kind of like a building block for others. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's so important. You got to have guys that are willing to play special teams, and not only just willing to play it, but uh, treat it treat it like just like they were out there on offense or defense. And uh, that's a that's a huge part of this game. Uh, in the NFL, it usually comes down to field position, and, and that's where you uh, win and lose games. So um, it's important to have young guys that care about it and know that if if you play well and you perform well on special teams, you're going to have an opportunity to play on offense or defense. The uh, just going back years, Kubiak uh, running things off of play action and, and you know, rolling out Kirk Cousins, things like that. Why why is that so effective still, even after years and years of using these similar concepts? Well, I think it's just hard for defenses to differ between pass and run, and uh, and it, it opens up the pass game and opens up the run game. And uh, you see it out here at practice. I mean, sometimes our defense, the, they don't know where the ball's going. They, they don't know which one to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's when you, you kind of sit in the film room like, this is why he's had success, and this is why we're putting this in, and, and why we feel confident for, about it. So um, the results will speak for themselves. And uh, like I said, we just got to keep trying to master it because there's a lot of nuances. There's a lot of different things that uh, we have to figure out as receivers uh, to try to make things look the same and, and uh, so, so defenses don't know what's coming. All right, that was Adam Thielen out there from OTAs today. We'll have a write-up on that and the Kubiak offense and what everyone is saying about it at scorenorth.com a little later on today when I get a chance to actually write it. We're going to take a break, and we come back with hot routes. Adrian Peterson has given us a bonus hot route. Usually I send you guys kind of what I'm thinking so you can start getting the wheels turning, but I came across this on Twitter during the show, and uh, Jonathan has it teed up, so a bonus Hot route coming up next involving Adrian Peterson when we return on Purple Daily. 
caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Street! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Rods on Purple Daily. 5-8-8! Yes, it is time for Hot Routes. I'm Matthew Collar here, Courtney Cronin of ESPN. And uh, some breaking news real quick from Ian Rappaport. He is reporting that Kyle Rudolph not expected to be traded right now is the way that it's being phrased. Um, that came up, I, I guess, a, a little while ago, but they posted his hit on NFL Network, and that's what he's saying. Is Kyle Rudolph not expected to be traded with the words right now at the end of it? Well, so, like, right because, so like it, because this he, moment, now, while he was typing that article. Now. No, I think, I think what that is. And now. Now. Um, <laughs> it goes back to what Kyle was saying. They're not going to trade him. I mean, he doesn't anticipate this dragging out into the into preseason training camp. Mm-hmm. They still have like more than a month until they get there. They're in no rush. As Rami said, I'm not rushing to, to try to find a trade partner that's going to give me a fifth-round pick for this dude and not the compensation I want. And also, they want Ian Rappaport to be putting out, hey, we are not trading him for a fifth-round pick, basically. Yeah. So that, that's the way I read this, too, is everyone's calling, trying to lowball us. You stop it. Stop it, you people. <laughs> All right, time for Hot Routes. Ramp up the NFL music, Jonathan, and we are ready to go. Adrian Peterson giving us a gem of a hot route, and I've got another one that just came up as well from a Panthers beat reporter that I love. But let's start with Adrian Peterson. He was back on his ball game in front of microphones. God's will that I can duplicate that and but do it even better, you know. So and I got my marks at 2000. I've always had it at that mark since I stepped in the league. So um, that, that's where it's at, man. But most importantly, I just want to contribute to the team and, and help this team win, win a championship. Adrian Peterson mentions a 2,000-yard season and championship in the answer at OTAs, which is extremely on brand for Adrian Peterson. So our first hot route is expectations around the room for Adrian Peterson as he defies the odds of science and nature and continues to play at running back into his 30s. I think he carried the football way too much for a man his age last year, and that usually, usually, if if you don't see the effects of it while it's happening, like we did with Todd Gurley, you usually see the effects the following season, and especially at his age. I don't have high hopes for Adrian Peterson or high expectations, but I'll say this. I love that mindset. One of the things I admire most about professional athletes is how convincingly delusional they can be yeah. to themselves. Hell yes. Because you can't achieve greatness unless you believe that you can achieve greatness 10 times greater than that. One of my favorite Adrian Peterson moments, and I actually tweeted about this uh, during free agency, he went on first take when everyone was laughing at him and he said, I think I've still got a few more years left in the tank. And what did he do? He went and signed with the, he signed, um, with the Redskins and did what he did last season. And it made me feel great. I mean, I know, obviously, I never covered Adrian here. I don't know... I never had a personal relationship with him or anything like that. But just as a sports fan, to see someone defy the odds, as Rami said, is great. But he's 34 years old. Um, whether it's it might not be a catastrophic injury, which obviously you certainly don't wish on anybody, but it's going to be nagging little things like the neck, like you know a knee here and there that are probably going to hinder him this year. I just don't. I mean, two thousand yards is absurd mm-hmm. uh, for anyone. I, don't I mean, think it's, it's two thousand and nineteen. Nobody's getting two thousand yards as a, as a running back, but. You know, for Adrian Peterson, I think that 
you know, Father Time will be calling at some point. What do you think, Jonathan? Your expectations for Adrian Peterson this year? I like the attitude. Like Rami said, it's delusional. It's not going to happen for him. But that age is it's killer for a running back. It's not going to happen. He's, he barely reached over 1,000. I don't think he gets over 1,000 this, this year. I would be surprised if he plays even 12 games. Mm-hmm. I, I would get him about eight games this year. All the years and the mileage, he was dinged up even the year before when he had a few good games for Arizona and when he split time with them in New Orleans. My expectation is the same, that he's going to dip uh, back quite a bit in just purely the number of games that he plays. But this guy is just not from this world. I mean, he should have been retired years ago by running back standards, and the amount of work that he has taken on in his career is unbelievable, and he is just not built like other human beings. He's like a superhero. He's like Wolverine. He has a titanium skeleton. (laughs) Almost anything that that skeleton does wouldn't really shock me. Was it titanium, Jonathan? So this is adamantium. Adamantium. Sorry. Yeah, what a mistake. My bad. Get it right. Our next hot route also (laughs) comes as a uh, surprise change from what I sent you guys earlier, because this pop up in my Twitter feed and it just needs to be addressed. Gerald McCoy is just signed with the Carolina Panthers and in some way, I don't know what because I'm only reading a tweet, it came up that Gerald McCoy is a big fan of Nickelback. So around uh-huh. the room, uh-huh. tell me the band, the artist, the music that you unashamedly would admit to having as your guilty pleasure. I used to be a huge Dave Matthews Band fan. I went to 50 shows. 50? 50 from Good age, like, age 13 wow. to 21. Wow. Wasted a lot of money and a lot of time. Wow. Probably a lot of brain cells, too. Just I don't being think honest. that's a waste. Did you enjoy yourself? <laughs> I enjoyed myself for the time being, but, but I mean... Not a waste I do all. not listen to that type of music anymore. I still listen to Dave Matthews Band. I'm not sure that that's a guilty pleasure, is it? Is, is Dave Matthews? I, mean, I, think I was a groupie, it. Matthew. I was a total road groupie. Oh. I went and followed the band around. I mean, I went to like six shows a year on average. I went to f- That's embarrassing. I went to 15 fish shows and I thought that was excessive. I mean, when they're playing the same song for like 45 minutes, I agree. It is a little excessive. <laughs> Look, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed sweet, about that now. Just I mean, you know solo. the type of music I listen to now. Yeah. So it, yeah. it does not, nothing computes. Then people look at me and they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, it is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I would think that if you were bringing up your unashamed love for something that would surprise people, you would bring up like your hardcore Southern hip hop that would be surprising to people. I'm not embarrassed by that at all. What kind of Southern hip hop are we talking about? Trap music. This is like your, okay. uh, your it was basically, guilty pleasure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not. That's not a guilty pleasure. That is a lifestyle. <laughs> I'll own Dave Matthews Band. I'm not at all yeah, ashamed I, that I, 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 I listen Dave to Matthews Dave Matthews Band. band. Very talented, um, and a lot of people would look at that as like high quality music. Call me a hippie if you'd like, and make fun of the 45 minute guitar solo. Still love fish. Um, and I admitted when people were hating on Maroon 5 because they're the new mm. Nickelback around the time of the Super Bowl, <laughs> I'm not going to go out and buy any Maroon 5 music, but if I'm driving around in my car, there are a few songs that I'll leave on and make my head bob. Okay, that's a good one. I um, blowtorched Maroon 5 around the time of the Super Bowl because <laughs> hey, you got I think, it's, for it too. I think it's so tremendously awful, but that's a good answer. <laughs> Jonathan. Uh, Coldplay for me. I'm more than willing to admit that That's I love fair. Coldplay. That's fair, Jonathan. I used to like them, and then... I don't like their newer stuff. I hate their newish stuff. I, I have no issue with Coldplay as an answer for their this. Their shows are great. Uh, but here's what I would say is, 
that the 40-year-old virgin, there is a particular scene, you guys yeah. know what I'm talking about, where they go back and forth and Coldplay comes up, and I think that hurt Coldplay's perception. Yes, very much so. Similar to Dave Matthews, they have a lot of musical elements that you like. They're a little vanilla and bland at times, but there's nothing really wrong with them. But I think after that scene... You mm-hmm. like Coldplay. I'm honestly not even sure what scene you're referring to. You I've, ne- I've uh, never seen it. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not I mean, it's FCC it rules air. probably would not allow us to talk about it. But I think just it's one of those scenes where at the time it would have been something that was funny. And now you'd be like, mm, maybe shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know, just maybe that's. Now I know I need to go watch it. I'm having trouble home. remembering the scene now, too. I'm going to have to Are go back sure and watch it. Are you sure you're getting the right movie? Yes, I thought it was Zoolander. Yes. No, this is definitely, it's definitely 40-year-old version. They're playing video games. You know how I know oh, you're. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Right. yes. Okay. yes. yes. Right. I, yes. I, I am so confused. Okay. Well, we'll we'll explain it during the break. Yeah. All right. Um, for me, uh, well, this would have been Lady Gaga before when she was wearing a meat dress. A little back when she was super weird, then I would have said, Lady Gaga, she's unbelievable, love everything she's doing, even if it's weird. But now, she's got the hit movie, and she's very mainstream. I'll go I'll go newer on this. Uh, do you guys know who Billie Eilish is? Billie Eilish? You have probably been in a restaurant or bar or game or something where you have heard in the background a Billie Eilish song. Mm-hmm. She is a f- pretty new, pretty young artist. Her stuff is really unique and kind of creepy, and I think she can also really sing, and I like what she's doing. Okay. But, but this would be someone who is right now toward the top of the pop music type of stuff. That if you go to YouTube, her things Good have Lord. like 300 million. Yeah, I just yeah. Googled her. Yeah. She has a, wow. a following. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's not considered guilty pleasure, but that's that's like a recent one. I'll go back. I'll say everything from Miley Cyrus when she was doing weird stuff. Loved it when she's when she was riding the wrecking ball. Bangers was like, a great album. I thought I really thought that she was doing some good stuff. You know why it was a great album? Because it had Z. That's how they spelled it. Just yeah, like Hot Routes right. with now, a Z. We're not doing that. That's not a thing. Yes, never it is. Got I rebranded it. I think you should. By the way, so my argument with Miley Cyrus though was it just came across as being so. Like an album for teenagers who have no idea what they're doing in this world. And it was perfect. It was like, you know, teenage angst. It was like a great teenage angst album. And I, and I think she's a great singer. Like now, she's a she's, really good singer. She's really shown that she was a great singer. And, and by the way, Lady Gaga is a great singer. Oh, I don't know if enough people yeah. reckon. Well, more they people now. probably yeah. now. But when she yep. was mostly known for like dance music. I didn't. I didn't know she was a good singer until I heard her on the Howard Stern show, just sitting at a piano and yes, belting out. Yeah, and it was amazing. Okay, hot routes. Our next hot route. NFL Network is reporting that Todd Gurley will never again be a bell cow running back because of a knee issue. So now it's very clear that in the Super Bowl he wasn't playing as much because of a knee issue. It wasn't because they believe Fat C.J. Anderson was actually better than him. <laughs> Do the Rams win the Super Bowl? Todd Gurley is 100%. Maybe. I was just going to say the same thing. Is maybe yeah. an acceptable answer to this question? This is hot routes. Hot is the first <laughs> word. Sorry. Can't be maybe. Right. Fine. I, I'll say, I'll go ahead and say yes because they had such a high potent offense and he was so good during the regular season. Um, and I think that that would have, I think it would have opened up more for Jared Goff in the passing game because I'm, they could have established a short passing game and they just had none of that in February. I'll say no because it's a hotter take if Courtney and I disagree, but also because Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick and he'll figure something out. If, if it was Todd Gurley, he had to stop. 
It would have been Todd Gurley that he stopped. He's Bill Belichick. I don't think they're. I don't think the Rams win it. Bill Belichick's just too good of a coach. Yeah, he does give him that other option to throw it out of the backfield, like Courtney said. But I just Bill's too good of a coach, and Jared Goff was just shut down too much in that game to give Todd Gurley anything. I'm going to go with yes. I think that they do win it if he's 100%. Because if you look at the percentage of their offense that he was, either through the ground or the air, I mean, he was their most important player. I, people want to say that running backs are replaceable, and I'm sure that's the case for a lot of them. Yeah, but, but he's different. He is. At his best, he's different. And that's going to be a huge hurdle. Didn't they draft a running back? And everyone went, wait a minute. Why did you draft a running back? Yeah. Now we know why. My question is, is he not going to be their bell cow running back anymore because he's not physically capable, or is this a choice they're making to keep him fresh so they don't like run Like a Dalvin in, Cook situation right, so here. They so they don't run into the same I mean, situation in the Super Bowl. 2019, dude. Can we stop like, with the whole bell cow notion? Right. Like, two-back league. I'm going to pound my fist on the table That's about that. That's not good that. for fantasy players, though, Courtney. You know what? Go get a good RB2. You'll be fine. <laughs> All right, our next uh, hot route. I mean, RB2s were always important. Anybody who played the the Madden franchise, you would have two running backs. Yes, but, uh, yes. They're just more so now. But as a fantasy football player, I want bell cow running backs. Yeah, for sure. And that's um, more important to me than the health of Todd Gurley. Saquon Barkley's <laughs> going number one in every league this year. At his annual golf tournament, Jim Kelly said that he told the Bills coaching staff they should use some of his old plays with Josh Allen. I... I mean, his offense was extremely intricate for the 90s. It was up-tempo. It required uh, a very high IQ. I'm not sure if you want Josh Allen necessarily doing it, but that's what Jim Kelly wants. He's trying to help. What football (laughs) thing from the 90s would you guys tell Vikings coaches to do? He wants Jim Kelly wants the old K-gun run by Josh Allen. What would you guys say? Hey, back in the 90s, they did this. Vikings, you should do it. Spread them and shred them. Run and shoot. Does anybody run that anymore, even in college football? Well, I guess Kingsbury might be the closest one. Yeah, Hawaii did it a few years ago. They were the last team. Yes, they were the last team to do it. Oh, Um, man. That was a lot of fun. Warren Moon, Drew Hill. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was that was innovative back in like the late yeah. '80s, early '90s. Um, I mean, but heck, Curtis Givens. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with that. Let's go run I and shoot. I, I love it. I love it. I want first of all fat running backs like we used to have back in the day. <laughs> Craig Hayward, Jerome Bettis, Marion Butts, Marion Butts, Natron Means. I want fat running backs to come back into the NFL. That's what I enjoyed about C.J. Anderson last year. And I think we will see more fullback from the Vikings this year. Ooh, the- I want to add one more. Okay, okay, go ahead. Wait, I don't want to interrupt Jonathan. I mean, you can turn. run multiple hot routes like a slant and go. Okay. So I want, I, as we talked about earlier this morning, I want the old school 4-3 Mike linebacker that's 245 pounds. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Just a hammer Fat in the middle. middle linebackers. Fat middle big, linebacker. Big, giant middle linebackers. Yeah. LeVon Slow. Kirkland. LeVon Kirkland is like 280. I would like to see another another re-innovation of something from uh, football days past. And you're kind of seeing it now with a lot of safeties dropping down in the box and playing mm-hmm. that hybrid safety linebacker position. I want a return of the uh, Buddy Ryan 46 defense. Oh, yeah. I would love yeah. to see that. Oh, and those, uh, all those zone blitzes, too, yeah. that he had in there in yeah. the 90s. Isn't that what Greg Williams is essentially going to run in with the Jets this year? On some level. I think he is a Buddy Ryan <laughs> yeah. disciple yeah, on is. some level. He is. So, yeah, he is. Man. 
Jonathan, what from the 90s? Rami dropped the position earlier, fullbacks. I want more fullbacks. More fullbacks. Than, like, we've talked about Madden quite a bit. The guy I hated the most playing against in Madden was Mike Allstott because he just would never go down. Mm-hmm. Bring me more Mike Allstott. Well, you're going to see a whole lot of that with C.J. Ham, especially on play yeah. action this year, if today was any indication. You know what I want back is the pro set. Yes. Why doesn't anyone use the pro set anymore? With the running back way to the right, the fullback way to the left, spider two wide, banana out of pro set. Come on! Bring it back, Vikings. Let's go. It's hot routes. Are you all right? No. Okay. I was at OTAs today. <laughs> Come on, man. I stood, I did a video next to a big bag that they just smack into. Did you uh, see any big red balls? Yes, we did. We yes, had, we did. We really? Yes, we yeah, did. We had a, yeah, we had a long talk about there's big red. There's a big red ball, and there's actually a big blue ball as well, but they Ooh, separate them because there's a schism. Yeah, they're both used for <laughs> linebacker drills. Um, it's very important to hand-eye coordination and dexterity uh, that is needed to play the position. Is the blue is the blue ball new this year? Blue ball is a little bigger. Uh, it's more of like the uh, the Bosu ball, or I think we would call it, where you do the sit-ups on. Yeah, yeah. Red ball is probably about a circumference of maybe... Um, Probably like 18 centimeters okay. or 18 inches around. So but was the blue ball an off-season addition? Yeah, it yes. was. Okay. It was, it never was seen new. Blue ball um, it was shiny, too. It definitely free had more agent. shine right. on it than the red ball. See, that's one free agent acquisition we did not hear about. And, and maybe the biggest one. And probably exactly. the cheapest. Um, final hot route for everyone. The state of Illinois, you are familiar, Rami. I am. Is working on a law that would make sports betting legal at Soldier Field. Imagine that was done here in Minnesota with U.S. Bank Stadium. Give me your best bet on one game at U.S. Bank Stadium this year. On the schedule for the Vikings, presumably. Wait, I thought I could make like a prop bet. That's Is it's that a, it? It's a best bet of something that's going to happen at U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, when the I line... left it wide open. Okay. Uh, do, I, do, I have to put Read and react. do I have to put odds on this? Because I'm not very good at that. No, I have no idea how to do that either. Um, well, my, my bet's going to be that Daniil Hunter has four sacks against the Lions this year at U.S. Like Bank it. Stadium. I like it. Hmm. Didn't he have like three? <laughs> they had ten as a team last year against the Lions, so it's very oh, that's possible. Right, I forgot about that. But Daryl Bevel's just going to run all the time, so I'm not sure. Not sure about that one. Um, Case Keenum will throw an interception. Love it, okay. and I would totally put down a bet on Case Keenum winging one uh, into the secondary, and Mike Zimmer saying, "Yes, that's exactly what we were always." If afraid he still of. has his job when the Redskins come to town, which is possible that he doesn't, right. Jonathan. A bet for U.S. Bank Stadium. If Eli Manning is still starting for the Giants in Week 5, then he's going to have a terrible game against the Vikings. He always has bad games against them. He's going to throw at least three interceptions. Here's the problem, Jonathan. They're at New York. Oh, yeah, it is. I read that wrong. I read that like soccer. That was my bad. Fine. Jonathan. The Redskins will lose. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great bet. That is a route adjustment (laughs) right there. Threw me off. Sorry. I am going to make this bet. That week 17 at U.S. Bank Stadium against Chicago is for the division. Vikings and Bears that we run it back. Same as this year. Well, last year wasn't for the division, but it's a playoff spot on the line. Mm -hmm. It all comes down to this. And I will bet that the Vikings win that game and go to the playoffs and win the division. That is going to be my bet. Gosh, I would love to see the odds that you put on that. I mean, not great, but I'm just putting it down there. Like, you okay. guys went obvious. Well, you didn't go obvious. You went kind of off the map. Someone getting four sacks. I like, that's, I like, that's like the bets. Seinfeld episode with, like, Paul O'Neill hitting two home runs. <laughs> well, I, I, think it's, I think it's more fun to... <laughs> Wait, you told me I was going to hit two home runs? <laughs> 
it's more fun to do it that way. I don't want to like bet on a whole game because yes, I'm not great, great at gambling to begin with. I have no luck. You know what, Jonathan? They will still pick off Eli Manning oh, yeah, three yeah. times, though. Your bet's fine. Do okay. you have any idea um, how hard it is to hit one home run? <laughs> How'd you even get in here? <laughs> All right, that is today's Hot Routes. We'll take a quick break. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about more about RB2 because I, I, I got a question about RB2 with the Vikings. When we return, you are listening to Purple Daily. Dalvin Cook has had a big day, 115 yards and a touchdown. And you can add to the number here. Beautiful spin move, and Cook takes it to the outside. Oh, what an effort. Dalvin Cook, touchdown, Vikings. So we know that Delvin Cook is RB1, but RB2, I am not sure of. And based on just the reps that were taken today at OTAs, I'm going to say that it is up for grabs whether Mike Boone or Alexander Madison will be the backup running back for Delvin Cook. Courtney, what is your take on RB2? My take on RB2 is that they drafted RB2 in the third round back in April. You don't spend that high of a pick, especially when you had that deep of a room to begin with, which we all kind of were a little surprised by that. I think I had I had them taking a running back in the third or fourth in several of my mocks, but um, Sims, be, draft Sims, get back in track. Oh gosh, I'm sorry, I'm in off-season mode. Um, I, I don't think you spend you, they wanted Latavius Murray part two, because they had to let him walk in free agency. They see that in Alexander Madison, and I think that that big bodied bulldozer that he is, you know, 6'1", 221 pounds, I mean, that's not Mike Boone. Mike Boone's not that big. And, I mean, when you take a look at the other three, you know, Boone, Abdullah, and Rock Thomas, um, it doesn't add up to what you get with Alexander Madison. I think he's really going to be able to take a lot of pressure off Dalvin Cook. He's going to be more so, I guess, the grinded-out workhorse because – you know, you want Dalvin to be finesse. You want him to be in situations where he can, you know, do what he did on that in, that seventy yard inside zone run against mm-hmm. was that Detroit? Yeah, Detroit. Detroit yep. Um, that's what you need him for, and you want to preserve him. So it wouldn't surprise me with RB two and RB three if they're getting. You know, you're splitting the load. So in those big moments when you want him to shine and want need him to come through, he can. Rami. Uh, were you surprised at all that the Vikings did not bring in some other veteran? I know they don't have a lot of money, but that they didn't allocate any to having a running back two that has been proven at all because drafted running backs are very hit or miss. Sometimes you end up with Elvin Kamara. Sometimes you end up with a nobody in a third round who doesn't even make the team after one year or something like that. Uh, I thought that they would have gone out and tried to sign someone cheap like a TJ Yeldon or yeah. whoever. There were a number of guys who were out there that Jay Ajayi might still not have a job. Um, because we were talking about how it's a two-running back league and the guy who's the starter has been hurt two years in a row. Yeah, just look at what's going on with Todd Gurley right now and look at what's gone on with, with Dalvin Cook. What can you count on Dalvin Cook for in a season in terms of games played? 12, maybe? I mean, it's really hard. It's, to, it's hard to, to even yeah. speculate with because his track record. Because he had the four, he played fours. Uh, let's say freshman year, fours ACL's rookie year. Random. It, well, twenty-seven yard line, not random conspiracy. Um, mm. But you know, last year, Wait, what he tore his ACL at the twenty-seven yard line, uh-huh. um, going away from the big jumbotron in week right. four. Twenty-seven yard line is where I believe very close to where Mike, Mike Hughes, Mike Hughes yeah. was also 
towards ACL and obviously 27 yard kick for uh, Blair Walsh. But that would have been um, from the 17 yard. Yes, line. yes, yes. But still 27. Okay. The number right. is cursed. <laughs> Anyways, um, what was I saying? I got on this tangent. Uh, about, um, the, how many games about the ACL count yeah. Yeah. last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord. Um, I think it's hard because we kept hearing he was coming back. He's coming back. And he kept reiterating, you just don't know with these hamstrings. It's a feel thing. Right. Some days you go out there and it's cold and that thing is going to be tight. And it takes a long time to get that thing in shape and you don't want to stress it. And maybe you overwork it. And maybe that's what happened when they brought him back. Um, I thought the, they mismanaged him. They, they, they did not do very well with the Rams game. They did not. That was too early to rush him back. And I think he even said he felt like he rushed his rehab a little bit and he came back because he was trying to get back because he wanted so badly to move past the injuries. But um, I, I, we're, we, I'm not ready to project how, how many games he can play because we just have no sample size of it whatsoever. And this really and truly is the first normal offseason he's had because he's not rehabbing from an injury. He's not you know, going 75% speed with a brace on his knee. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why you wouldn't go out and get somebody to back up Dalvin Cook. Whoever his backup is is going to be a starter for a chunk of your schedule. Uh, and I think that there's a really good chance that that's Mike Boone because of how much they liked him last year, and they felt like they got. I know, I know. Let it go. No, nope. we, we had. I like my Rock wins. Thomas is still on the team. Okay, we, yeah. We had last year the. They're not going to keep five running backs. The training camp battles of Rock Thomas versus Mike Boone waged on. I was Team Rock. And she was team boom. And uh I just won't let still him I have don't not won. You cannot no. declare victory, yes. They're both still on the team. Both still on the team. But I'll acknowledge but that. But no, excuse Mike me. Boone has excuse a better me. chance. Your guy was on the practice squad last he year. Was on the active roster. Because remember yeah, he got hurt. Kirk threw it backwards to him and for a fumble in Philadelphia. So he did it's play. True. And they played about the same Th- amount last year. Oh yeah, that's right. Kirk did throw backwards to running backs two times last yeah, season. He did. I forgot yeah. about that. That's impressive. Uh, yep. And then he threw another one backwards to Stephon Diggs for a fumble, um, which no one realized was a fumble. And then the that Vikings was against the Jets, Jets, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Anyway, so Boone's potential, though, physically, mm-hmm. even though I don't think he has quite the same level of feel for the game as Rock Thomas from just watching them sure. in camp and in preseason. His athleticism is amazing. And, and you can split him out wide. You, I, yep. they, they just, for whatever reason, I know John Filippo tried to do that some last year because we saw it in preseason. We saw him lined up wide a handful of times during the regular season. Just, I don't know. They, they just didn't go to that a lot, and I wonder why. So I, I think that I agree with you. Like, why not use this guy who had played as a wide receiver before? And then there's the Amir Abdullah part of this, and that's the guy who you might say is more experienced, but he wasn't really all that great as a pure running back before, and it appears like they brought him back to run him out at wide receiver every once in a while and then kick return. That He doesn't seem like he's really a part of this battle. We've talked about this before, just kind of how they do cornerbacks here, mm-hmm. like, for the last nine years, they reserved this, uh, an extra cornerback spot for Marcus Sherrills, knowing that uh, it, only in a pinch he was going to have to play in the defensive backfield, which you know just so happened to come against Tom Brady this past year. So that was great. Um, I wonder if they will do something similar with that, with the running back position now, where I asked Marwan Malouf about this last week. I mean, we know how explosive uh, Amir Abdullah was that rookie season. Yeah. Um, with Detroit as a kick returner. He hasn't done a ton of punt return, mm-hmm. but he is being mixed in in that, according to Maloof. So 
Maybe the, maybe he takes on such a heavy role with special teams that they're going to allot an extra running back spot, and then he can kind of be the cheaper version of Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, mix, somewhere mix else. Him in every yeah, once in a while, change but, a play, change a pace, number three. But he's not that guy who's going to fill in for um, Delvin Cook if he goes down for four games. No. It's not going to be Amir Abdullah, and that's relying a lot on a running back who went to Boise State in his first year potentially. Uh, let's talk for a few minutes here about. Our observations out at camp today with QB2. Sean Mannion was taking all the reps um, as the backup quarterback. Kyle Sloter was sitting out and not taking the number two reps. But Mike Zimmer said that they were going back and forth of who was taking those number two reps. Uh, where do we think the backup quarterback battle will be going into training camp? Going into training camp, I believe that it will be very similar to the way it is right now, at least what we've seen through OTAs, where Sean Mannion is probably the QB2. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I know it's June 4th and nothing is decided, but given the ties to the Shanahan offense, the stuff that he and Kirk already have in common, and just you know being able to kind of have somebody with that same time. I mean, they're both... They're older quarterbacks. Like, I mean, they both are veterans of this league. You have two young quarterbacks. To me, Mannion is your backup. I I just, I don't see any other way right now where he's not QB2. And then, you know, it is a toss-up between QB3 and QB4 if they decide they even want to keep three on the roster uh, with Sloter and Browning. But, I mean, I don't know. I think that we'll have Browning as probably practice practice squad QB, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you spent that much money to get him. Right. Why not? They always kind of keep someone around developed. What are they going to keep doing with Sloter? Are they going to keep doing this thing where they just want to save a roster spot for him because they're afraid to admit that maybe they were wrong? I think whoever loses the job is gone. I mean, mean, they didn't keep four quarterbacks last year. They got rid of Peter Pujols the second they could. Yeah, and and, but with Taylor Heineke and Case Keenum, that's how it was. was Heineke had his couple years to prove that he was a prospect, and then he was gone. Why would they be afraid to admit they're wrong about the backup quarterback? Like, who cares? This team has kind of a tendency to do stuff like that. I I wouldn't say it's the backup quarterback. I just think that the they've held on to Sloter for so long. And I know that they must see something there that they still like, but mm-hmm. it's also a matter of, you know, what they gave up to get him from Denver ahead of the 2017 season and just kind of place such an emphasis on getting him here. Yeah, they paid him a lot. They paid him a lot. In, yeah. So, I mean, that's something that I would take into consideration. Uh, same question about the running backs for you, Rami. Brock Osweiler's out there. Now, nobody's impressed with Brock Osweiler, but he worked with Kubiak before. It's about a 500 quarterback. A little surprised they brought in somebody with no experience. Yeah. No real experience. Sean Marion's you know, been a backup. I mean, is Brock Osweiler really an upgrade? I think yes. Really? Yeah. I mean, right. he can, let's say you lose a starter for four games. Osweiler can win you two. Maybe. It's like his career record. All right. He's going to be the tallest guy on the field. Yeah, he will. Yeah. And there's always a bonus for that. All right, this has been Purple Daily. We will catch you again tomorrow from 2 to 4. If you missed any, go find the podcast wherever you do your podcasting. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. 
hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.